sunshine when Arthur is gone. I'm not gone, I'm back, don't worry. The sun's shining, especially over here in New Zealand. Today on The Third Web, I'm joined by Ben Goetzel and Simone Vulpin of the SingularityNet Decentralized AI Marketplace Distributed Application. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, thank you, Arthur. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us, mate. All right. Let's start off by hearing a little bit about you guys' backgrounds. So um, first of all, Simone, what's your background and how did you become involved with SingularityNet? Yeah, so um, we, I guess we've been involved at, at Vulpen, uh, as you mentioned before, in uh, developing the centralized application and distributed computing for the last few years. We mainly worked on um, hardcore cryptocurrencies uh, before uh, you know, the Ethereum uh, ledger was deployed and uh, worked in a number of open source uh, protocols such as, uh, you know, some Miracle, Heavy Coin, uh, Diamond Coin, Black Coin with the guys. And then uh, actually applied some of the same um, technology and expertise into developing uh, one of the first GDPR uh, compliant uh, blockchain based system for um, the Swedish government. And then from there, we sort of like, uh, uh, you know, been uh, focusing ourselves mostly on cybersecurity in, in the crypto space. And, you know, with the advent of ICO based on Ethereum, where we do a lot of smart contract auditing and, and due diligence for, for our clients mainly. And uh, when I met Ben, you know, earlier this year, it looked like, you know, blockchain and our expertise in the centralized system were coming quite, you know, uh, handy for uh, developing an open marketplace. and. And the rest, I think, is history. What, what did you say? GDPR compliant blockchain platform. What, what, what does that mean? Oh yeah, well, that's a new uh, regulation on um, general data protection uh, that has uh, been uh, recently issued in Europe, where it basically allows and actually um, force any business uh, to transition from being data owner to data processor. So, in, in order to light, let off the liabilities involved with you know owning data. Uh, so then blockchains is actually an ideal framework to do so. You can actually access informations without owning them. Um, and uh, so we, we worked on, uh, on that for a while uh, on, uh, on a public sector standpoint, uh, which was quite of a learning experience. And uh, uh, yeah, the G GDPR will be actually coming to market uh, starting from January 2018. And we're going to see a lot of innovation there happen in the space. So. Uh, quite excited to see uh, what the impact on the market, market will be. What's the business application of that? I, th I guess this is uh, sort of like a, a little bit of a excursion from the uh, singularity net topic. But I mean, the idea is that any, anytime uh, somebody's asked for information, like even like a simple email, like we do on a whitelist uh, on our singularity net, then technically we need to ask, you know, the consent for information. Uh, that's one thing. But then if, if instead of uh, basically storing those information on your database, on you know proprietary database, but you actually do that on an open ledger and you actually just share a key uh, for for the information, then uh, that would be GDPR uh, compliant. Um, and if you don't, there's actually a five percent of your yearly uh, revenue that can be charged for uh, you know uncompliances, and uh, that sort of like is becoming a big liability for. A lot of the you know big uh, company that processing a lot of data, um, and uh, I know that also in the U.S. are taking they're taking the GDPR as sort of like a main design goal for going about you know, personal data and, and uh, privacy. So yeah, that's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been really valuable to have the uh, blockchain expertise of Simone and his team at, at Volpem. And what we've been doing in SingularityNet is bringing together that blockchain expertise with the AI expertise of the, you know, the international team of 50 plus AI developers that I've built you know, over the 30 years I've been doing AI R&D. And so bringing AI and blockchain together, I mean, we're, we're able to create something brand new and, and, and really exciting, which is this, this decentralized platform and, and open market for AI, which we're calling singularity net, which we're, we are, we're really feeling, uh, can revolutionize the world of AI and therefore the world in general. I mean, both by creating a, a breeding ground for artificial general intelligence, a platform to provide AI as a service across all vertical markets and a way to, to direct and guide AI as it develops and gets smarter and smarter toward, toward beneficial applications. I mean, these are a lot of goals. It's a hard thing. So Simone and his team with their in-depth blockchain knowledge and my team with all our experience and, and knowledge regarding AI, we've really been able to put our, our minds together to focus on, on, on building something, something new and amazing. Can you tell us a bit about the 30-year journey uh, that, that led to you building this huge team that you just described, uh, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. I received my PhD in mathematics in the late 1980s, but at that point, I already knew that artificial intelligence was my, was my passion. I mean, I'd read science fiction over and over as a young child, and you know, I was interested in creating new universes and, and time machines and immortality elixirs and superhuman robots and spacecraft, but AI stuck out as something amazing that could be done and potentially you could do it like on your own in, in, in your own garage or something, right? You, you, you didn't need big engineering. You didn't, you didn't need uh, to do surgery. I mean, you needed a computer and you needed to program and you needed to type the right program in. So just the, the power that you could potentially obtain just by typing some code in, into a computer, and I mean, the computers were, were quite crude when I was a child and they've gotten better and better. But that that power excited me from from the beginning. And, you know, the more I studied of cognitive science and computer science and, and, and mathematics, linguistics, philosophy of mind, the more I saw. Well, this is something that can really be done. I mean, the mind, the human mind and brain is amazing as it is. You can conceive it as a system for recognizing patterns in the world for recognizing patterns in itself and what it does to achieve various goals. And you can program a pattern recognition system that learns from experience and, and improves itself. And th this can this can get smarter and smarter. And it seemed to me like something one could really do. You know, after I got my PhD, I was trying to bring to bear all the, the mathematical tools that, that I'd learned toward understanding the mathematics of intelligence and sort of plotting out like, how do you, in practice, build a thinking machine, like a self-improving, self-reinforcing, self-reprogramming program that goes out in the world, controls things, and, and learns and learns? So I, I pursued this vision as, as an academic for eight years. Then in the late 1990s, about seven, eight years after getting my PhD, I entered the software industry, and I've been doing a variety of different projects 
There, I was in New York for a while doing AI work in financial services industry. I was in Washington doing AI consulting for a variety of government agencies. And along the way, I was both pursuing research and development aimed at building general intelligence, AI that can really learn and reason generally like people. And I've been doing practical applied AI development work in essentially every vertical market. So along the way, while doing all this, I've been accumulating an AI team of, of brilliant people from, from all around the world who share my passion for creating thinking machines. I, I started an AI office in Belo Horizonte, Brazil in the late 1990s, and that's still going. I mean, Cassio Panachin has been collaborating with me, Andre Senna and others there. Now they're helping me build the Singularity Net. We've been working together 20 years. So now over the years through doing AI research and development aimed at general intelligence and doing applied AI work for various customers, we've developed an international team. We have our office in Brazil still for 20 years. We have teams in St. Petersburg, Novosibirsk, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, here in Hong Kong where, where, where I'm based, and then individual developers collaborating from their own homes in U.S., Western Europe, and a whole bunch of other places. I mean, we're, we're in every continent except Ant Antarctica, and, uh, you know, we, we built AI systems doing robotics, natural language processing, big data analytics, fintech, automated math theorem, proving vision processing, sound processing, pretty much anything, anything you could name. And all this experience has, it's put us in an awesome position to build the Singularity Net platform, because the Singularity Net, it brings together our research and development aimed at general intelligence with all of our experience applying AI in many, many different vertical markets, because the, the Singularity Net, it, it's, it's a platform in which general intelligence can emerge and evolve and can benefit various vertical market applications. And it's also a platform by which users in, in many different domains, businesses who want AI as, as a service can can tap into this this emerging general intelligence. But the, the missing ingredient to glue together the different things we were doing, the AGI, artificial general intelligence, R&D, with the vertical market specific AI, the missing ingredient to glue all this together was the blockchain, which lets you build a, a decentralized self-organizing organization. And this is what Simone and his team, uh, based primarily in, in Italy, though they're also distributed to some extent, this is the expertise that, that they brought to the table. And so putting all this together has been really the most exciting experience of my life. And it's, it's about to get even more exciting. So if we're to reduce this to the most basic, uh, the, the most basic story, um, there's obviously a problem that a certain customer base has that uh, that the singularity net addresses. What is that customer base and what is that specific problem? The problem that singularity net addresses from a customer point of view is artificial intelligence as a service for for businesses. So the the user in the most proximate sense is like a web developer building a web application for their company or a software application developer building some sort of, of software application. And these developers want AI functionality 
to make their website or their software better. And this is this is quite general. And the, and then you look at in each vertical market what developers need. I mean, in 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 many cases, people want question answering or they want a chatbot. In in biology, where I've done a lot of work, people want to know what genes are most important in a certain genomic data set or, or what factors make a certain clinical clinical population different than another one. In in robotics, developers of robotic software want smarter vision for their robot so it can see what's in front of it or better navigation capability. So there's a whole bunch of different capabilities AI can offer in different vertical markets. But in general, I mean, you've got a software developer sitting down at their computer, they're building some software. They want it to be smarter. They don't want to have to rebuild all the AI from the ground up. So they want to connect with a cloud-based API, a programming interface that will supply their software with the intelligence that, that their software needs. And right now, there's no really well-organized way to do that. You can go to Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud, or IBM Bluemix. They have a very limited set of tools available. I mean, usually for quite high price, unless you're getting very, very raw tools that you need to configure your, yourself with great expertise. There's a bunch of startups doing AI as a service in various, very special domains. So you may have half a dozen startups like providing AI as a service to recognize faces and images or something. And it's quite disorganized and hard to find the startup doing what you need. Then there's a strong risk that startup will be bought by a big company six months later and their service disappears. So what we're aiming to do is to provide, you know, the universal solution for businesses in every vertical market to have their software developers add AI functionality to the software that, that, that they're building. So it's sort of, it's on the back end from the standpoint of the average user, but it will supply the AI back end to every software application or every, every website that, that, that they use. So I mean, much as, you know, the internet and its protocols are on the back end besides every application and every website that, that, that people use these days. And it's important to me that this ambient global brain supplying AI functionality to applications across the map, it's important that this ambient global brain is decentralized and self-organizing and like owned, you know, by the people of the people for the people rather than, you know, a service like your cable modem or something that that's supplied only by a few large corporations who are who are in in bed in bed with with the government to supply things the way they want to. I mean, we need we need AI to be a decentralized service so that businesses are getting AI from developers all around the world, from PhD students and indie developers and whoever puts the AI out there on the internet. That, that is able to provide the service that the business needs. How does a, uh, uh, say, a, a comp sci student in, uh, in India provide AI to a business running in the States through SingularityNet? Well, that's a great question. And anyone who's used BitTorrent can see part of the solution because a student in India, you know, they can attach their, their laptop to, to BitTorrent and put it online and then someone anywhere in the world can download that, you know, the music file from, from their laptop. 
without there being like any central guru of, of BitTorrent who, who's regulating all that, right? So, I mean, peer-to-peer connection of different software running in different places is, is, is already here. What we're doing now is we're using that for AI processing instead of something like file sharing, and we're using cryptocurrency, our AGI token, to, to allow people to get compensated for the decentralized AI processing that they supply. So in, in a concrete sense, right now when an AI programmer in India in, invents some new AI, you know, they will often program it in software code that they make open source and put it online in GitHub. Then anyone around the world can download it, but A, it's just sitting in the central server of GitHub, which is, which is a centralized company, and B, you need to be sort of a programming expert to grab the code out of GitHub and, and, and use it. What we can do is allow that programmer in India to put the code online in their own machine or on a server where they're renting time, any server they have access to. They then wrap their code in the SingularityNet API, which is easy. It's something any, any programmer can do by following simple tutorials. And we have a video tutorial online already. And then when they wrap the code in their API and run a simple script, an announcement is made to the singularity net, like, hey, I'm here, my AI code has been put online. Then anywhere in the world, when a business wants AI as a service of a certain type, say lab labeling images or answering questions, summarizing documents, helping a robot navigate, a search goes out globally across the singularity net everywhere. And any AI that's announced itself to the singularity net that, that embodies the functions that this, this potential user wants. So if the user wants to help a robot navigate and they put a request in the singularity net, say, hey, I need some AI that will help my robot navigate. If that Indian guy's AI can do that, then that Indian guy's AI will be found. And a lot of different AIs may be found that can help robots navigate or perform whatever the needed function is. And in that case, you know, there's a choice to be made. Each AI that can do it has a certain price they're offering for a certain task. Each AI that can perform the needed task has a certain reputation associated with it. And then in, in that sense, it becomes much like shopping for something on, on eBay. I mean, if you have a certain product you want, you search, you find you know, what providers are out there. Some of them have certain prices, some of them have certain reputations, and then, and then, and then you make a choice. Oh, but the difference is, I mean, eBay is centralized, and I mean, eBay is buying physical objects rather than, than buying, buying AI services. Now, if, if this hypothetical programmer in India doesn't have a computer reliably connected to the internet and can't afford a server farm, uh, can't afford to rent server space to put their AI online. I mean, we will partner with some hosting providers to provide free hosting to to SingularityNet participants, and then and then we can we can charge for that based on the on the profit that they they obtain. So there, we want to provide that option for people, especially from the developing world, who. Who don't have a way to put their own code online in, in a reliable way? So we'll 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 partner with hosting providers to give give free hosting as as, as an option. But I, I think uh, for for many people that 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 won't be an issue. So then, no one hosts all of the code, no one owns all of the code. It's a 
protocol that AI developers wrap their code in and that, that AI users use to make a request. It's a decentralized protocol that handles discovery. It handles sort of broadcasting and advertising. What services does each AI provide? It handles reputation and rating. So different users can rate some AIs as doing a great thing and others as doing not so well. And it handles payment using our, our AGI token. And the cool thing is that the AIs can outsource work to each other. So it's not just, you know, someone who built a robot, they need navigation services for their robot or someone who built a website and needs question answering services for their website. It's also the AI can outsource to other AIs. So the navigation engine for the robot, if it sees some obstacle it doesn't recognize, it can outsource vision processing to some other AI agent in the, in the singularity net or the question answering AI agent that someone is paying to answer the questions that come into their website. This question answering agent, if it hits a question it doesn't understand, it could outsource that to another specialist question answering agent living in the singularity net. And that then, then, I mean, you have this network of AI minds that are thinking together and collaborating, the end user queries are driving it, but in the end, most of the activity will be AIs like spreading questions and data and giving answers to other AIs. So like the whole is more than the sum of the parts. And this, this puts a lot of demand on the blockchain, which is something uh, Simone should, should probably address. But you know, with a sufficiently powerful blockchain-based infrastructure, we're looking at, you know, an emerging global brain that's that's ingesting data from all around the world, ingesting knowledge from all around the world and providing intelligence to, you know, every software and hardware application on the planet. So, Simone, let's get right into the technicals and, uh, you know, with, with absolutely no fear for, for getting too technical here. How do you intend to actually uh realize this grand vision it seems plausible but it doesn't seem easy right yeah well i guess uh ben's uh uh explanation and vision of singularity it's uh anytime uh i you know had the chance to hear it again in first person always mind-blowing and um although um you know it, it might sound like a quite of a complicated uh overall infrastructure to build. We think we actually outlined a white paper and we're actually developing, as we speak, uh, a very solid uh, backbone of this uh, infrastructure. Specifically, I mean, most of the uh, actually fun part are currently happening off-chain uh, in the current implementation. For the initial version, as we were really looking forward to have um, a working version of our product before the sale, this is not only for compliance reasons uh, with the regulator, but mostly also, you know, to get the user to have uh, an initial experience of what the network would be. Uh, we're actually launching uh, the AGI token on, on, on the Ethereum-based blockchain. And so, I mean, as uh, we might have uh, all aware of, you know, that currently the Ethereum blockchain can transact perhaps like five to six on a good day transaction. Uh, and so that doesn't close to the type of speed and velocity that we're looking to have into a, you know, a machine-to-machine -machine, uh, economy. So uh, actually, when we use blockchain, only when you know, new are uh, sort of like imported into the network, 
And so the identity uh, associates agents is actually pushed into the blockchain. And then uh, most of the exchange of value between the different agents are happening off-chain and as well as the holding power actually happen off-chain. And only when some sort of like dispute in terms of what the score of the credit is between different agents, then sort of like we use blockchain to record that versus the point in time. And um, for, uh, of course, but this is nearly, uh, you know, it's very far from the type of scalability that we're going to need for the actual beta release uh, uh, later on next year, uh, for which we are in conversation with a number of, uh, uh, you know, open source projects that have been uh, for a long time trying to sort of like tackle and this functionality. Um, I mean, I want to mention a few you know this community and this developer that we've been in touch with uh of course uh currently i'm uh, bi- i'm uh, taking this, this conversation from moscow where i had some great conversation with the nem team nem protocol actually featured a proof of importance uh, that is somewhat similar to the type of uh, consensus algorithm that we're looking uh to develop for singularity net where we need to you know validate you know which agent contributed to um to the overall uh, results of, of the query protocols such as you know eos um and then the Rootstock community, actually, that has been working on the solution for a long time, and we're in nearly conversation with them. And uh, um, I think uh, the first quarter next year, we're going to start beta testing some of this approach, and uh, we're eventually going to choose uh, the ideal framework to bring the, you know, the old singularity net to the next level. But, you know, ideally, we design the overall system so that we can be lower level independent, so that you know, as far as you know, we have a better working version of a blockchain uh, developed by an, an you know, outside team from SingularityNet that we're also always able to implement it into our network. And uh, if eventually none of those uh, systems or would be a ideal uh, for the precise needs of the network, then we're going to proceed on forking uh, one of the below before mentioned approach and then tailor it and tune it to, to the needs of the plant work. So this is sort of like what the um, strategy looks like on the blockchain standpoint. Yeah, regarding some of the um, challenges that we're facing now, which is sort of like very primordial uh, as we are about to launch our token generation event, we expect a lot of influx of um, transaction uh, into our smart contract. And of course, uh, recently as you I might have been aware of uh, a new application has been launched on the Ethereum network, which is uh, it's called the CryptoCaddies, where people can uh, you know develop and sell and exchange those cats uh, based on Ethereum. And uh, unfortunately, that has slowed down the network quite substantially. And uh, so we're running tests as we speak um, on you know, being able not not to make the singularity net function on Ethereum, but actually just our our token to be launched on there. So, I mean, um, given that this will will be solved, then uh, you know the scalability function of singularity net will be a much more compelling problem to uh, to spend some time on. Yeah, I, I think uh, Simone, all these conversations you're having with different, you know, crypto-based decentralized platforms about scalability and also about applications of of ai in 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 various problems that these other platforms are addressing i mean i, I think these conversations you're having le- leveraging 
you know, the last six, seven years, whatever, of, of networking and work you've been doing in the crypto world, these are going to be very valuable to us going forward. And I mean, th this, this leads in to an initiative uh, Simone and I have started alongside SingularityNet, which is called the DIA, the Decentralized a AI Alliance. So, I mean, we're looking at sort of pulling together various different, you know, blockchain decentralized based projects to to push together on on creating and then applying AI in a decentralized way across many, many different vertical markets. And scalability of blockchain is one issue that's important to the decentralized AI alliance. I mean, having a having a secure decentralized data commons is 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 another issue, and, then, and there's a, there's a bunch of a bunch of others. So you you want to talk a moment about about the decentralized AI alliance, Simone? Thank you, Ben, for uh, for um, bringing the decentralized AI alliance uh, on the conversation. I think uh, based on uh, some of the uh, conversations that we had um, with uh, some of the blockchain development team uh, of all around the world, it, it emerged uh, two side sort of like need from the network. On one end, of course, the as those decentralized application and organizations are growing and are establishing themselves and their product release, there is um, a great need for adoption of, of those technology and. Uh, as you know, we're looking into you know uh, unleash the old, old the old value of this decentralized system. Of course, institutional based customers and an enterprise based company are going to play a key role. And so, in order to accelerate the advent and adoption of this technology, it seems pretty clear that uh, it wouldn't be only one specific organization or product, but it's a combination of those that can actually be successful. So, um, in, in the conversation that we've had with you know, several companies, it, it seems pretty clear how everybody could, you know, integrate the Singularity Net API, not only to, um, you know, serve or better uh, empower their services, but actually to solve some of the key issues in, in different networks. So, for example, in the Steemit community, there's, there's a huge problem in assignment of credits and uh, in the spoofing that most of these algorithms uh, are just generating fake news and putting a lot of noise into the in the Steam and, um, a reward system. And so what actually one of the uh, developers from, from Ben's team, Anton, has been working on is a crowder-based solution that can help Steam actually reward uh, those creator uh, of, of the actual creator of news. And, uh, and I think when it comes to designing a decentralized system and just overall reputation system and assignment of credits um, that are not based on a proof-of-work basis, um, are always a big, you know, question mark. And um, if you want to design a reliable system that is actually uh, flexible and, and it evolves over time, then I think uh, the use and adoption of, you know, AI-based systems is going to be key in order to actually outcompete some of the centralized systems. And uh, I think uh, Singularity Net provides a variety, uh, like a way to crowdsource, you know, the best AI applications in, in a single place. So we're we're pretty excited to announce not only a number of partnerships directly with Singularity Net, but to promote DIA as a way of um, sharing some of those uh, best practices, not only at the scalability, you know, processing layer, but also on a storage layer and, uh, and a communication layer. So for the, across the whole 
you know, suite of, uh, uh, you know, of the computing uh, protocols of, of, the, of the system. How is it that IA has become dominated by these gigantic players like Google, IBM, and Microsoft? And how is it possible for a community-driven effort to dethrone such titans? Yeah, I, I think the the prominence of big tech companies in AI, it's it's been due to a number of reasons. I mean, some of which are more economic and and business oriented. Some of which are more are more technological. I mean, on on the tech side, you've had a situation where big data has been really important for for driving AI, and of course. Big tech companies have managed to gather gather an awful lot of, of of big data through through their various clever business models, offering you know free services in in exchange for collecting collecting people's data as they use the services. There's also been power in distributed processing. So I mean, most essentially all of the algorithms used by Google, IBM, Microsoft, Amazon, Baidu, Tencent were not invented at those companies. But those companies did often like work out massive scale implementations of these algorithms, where the individual developers may have run them on on single machines. And then aside those technical points, I mean, we have just network effects in in business models. So I mean, once I mean you you have Google, Amazon, these companies have had powerful network effects where they get more and more customers and helps them get more and more and more and more customers because they're they're building networks where the more customers they have, the better their service is, right? So all these things put together, like the power of big data, the power of distributed processing and network effects and customer acquisition, these have let a few big companies dominate. And now now these tech companies are building up tremendous stockpiles of cash which means that whenever a cool, promising AI startup comes up, they'll just buy them out for tens of millions of dollars, which, which is really appealing to some young guys who have founded these, these companies. So in, in effect, you know, startups are serving as recruiting tools for big, for big companies. And the, you know, the acquisition of a startup by a big company is a hiring bonus for the, for the, for the, for the founders and, and, the, and the early hires. And, this is really not how I'd like to see the world develop. Like I'm, uh, I'm an old crusty uh, hippie by now. You know, com- compared to like 22 year old AI developers starting companies now, and I- I've seen a lot of ups and downs in the tech industry and in-, in society. You know, I've seen Linux come from being you know crazy project by Linus Torvalds, Richard Stallman, and so forth, and now become the default OS of the internet and, and the majority OS of, of the mobile space, right? So, I, I mean, I, I think there's an opportunity now to dethrone the big tech companies. And I mean, we, we can put data into decentralized networks instead of into the private databases of big companies, because where is this data coming from? This is coming from people. It's coming from everyone's phone. It's coming from pictures people are taking. It's coming from messages people are sending. So I mean, with the with the right collection, the right combination of software, I mean, the data that that you collect on your phone with your camera and your phone's keyboard, that can go into a decentralized data commons where you can directly 
monetize your data or openly donate your data rather than just giving big companies the, the benefit of that data. And for distributed processing, we can now write tools that take an AI that anybody writes and can automatically rewrite and reorganize the code of that AI to make it do distributed processing effectively. So we can distributize AI code that someone's written to make it run effectively across many different machines and many different processors. And we couldn't do this 10 years ago, but computer science lets us do it now. And I mean, network effects, big tech companies are not the only ones that can play at that game. I mean, once we get more and more businesses to use SingularityNet, then more and more providers will want to put AI into it. And once we have more and more AI developers putting their code into SingularityNet, then more and more users will, will want to use it. So, I mean, we're, we can have very powerful network effects on our own, including the most powerful network effect that you get when different AIs are communicating with each other. And so each each AI gets smarter and smarter by the by the AIs in, in, in the singularity net all outsourcing work to each other. So I think we can on the data front, on the distributed processing front, and on the sort of user acquisition network effects front, we can play the same game the big tech companies have played, but even better. But of course it, it's gonna be an epic battle, right? Because these companies have stockpiled a lot, a lot of, of money and they, they have beautiful interfaces. So it's, uh, it's going to be a very interesting next few years. And I mean, the token sale that we're about to launch should give us some, some initial oomph in, in approaching this battle, but it, it's going to be a collaborative effort going forward, which is part of why we're building this decentralized AI alliance to band together with other, you know, other decentralized uh, AI and AI related projects and with independent developers and, and researchers around the world. Well, we're all here to see epic battles. So I don't think uh, it'll disappoint anyone to hear that, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, this is this is going to be really exciting because I've been doing AI for 30 years professionally and, you know, fiddling around with AI code even longer than that, back to when I was 13, 14 years old and first started programming. And now is the first time in all these years, like the world is awake to the potential of artificial intelligence and, and its, its transformative capabilities. So... Now is the time not only to proceed on the technical front with building general intelligence and rolling it out to every vertical market, but now is also the time to proceed with, you know, pulling together the world's enthusiasm and, and excitement and understanding and their diverse knowledge of every application area into making sure that AI is developed, you know, in an inclusive way, incorporating everyone's efforts and benefiting everyone around the planet in everything they're doing instead of just benefiting the shareholders of a few big corporations or the militaries of a few major nations. So where can people find out more about SingularityNet and, uh, and, and when do you intend to launch the network itself? SingularityNet, the best source of information is our website, singularitynet.io, and there's a bunch of information in our in our blog, which is linked from there. What we're launching this month 
is a, a small-scale preliminary version of the platform. I mean, it, it works. You can use an AGI token to buy a limited set of AI services, but the, the full-scale commercial global brain-ready version of the platform is, is going to be launched uh, in, the, in the middle of next year, and that, that, that's when, uh, when we're really going to start transforming the world. Well, I look forward to it. This sounds absolutely fantastic. And I'm really stoked that we've had an opportunity to sit down and really hash out a good, solid discussion of this with uh, with Simone as well. Thanks for joining me. And um, well, uh, I look forward to seeing how it all unfolds. All right. Well, thank you, Arthur. It's, it's always always a good conversation and it's good to get the chance to to dig into more depth on, on these things and than, than in, in, the, in the mainstream media. Hey, Arthur, thanks for having me and, uh, you know, anytime, uh, this, what you're doing, I think it's a, it's a, a great uh, contribution for the space and uh, looking forward to having more interesting conversation with you soon. All right, I will uh, talk to you later, man. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to The Third Web. For more, visit thirdweb.net.